Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Wyoming. We'd like to start today's show saluting the United States of America with the playing of the National Anthem. I'm Mark Hamilton, your host. Nothing like getting your day going with the playing of the National Anthem. We'll take a look at weather, politics, and energy. Also, today we'll talk about current bushes and EVs. In travel, we'll stop in Hot Springs County. And finally, Wyoming's first woman mayor and milliner. All here today on Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast. Taking a look at Wyoming weather, we're going to have a lot of wind this week in the state of Wyoming. Cool weather. It still looks cool with the weekend bringing up maybe some temperatures in the 70s. It's dry out there. This wind just dries stuff out. Long range forecast looks like some hot temperatures. I know, again, as we reported last week, the northeastern part of Wyoming is still under red flag warnings, and these conditions will just continue the problem. Just hoping that we don't have any type of fire problems. As we said last week, we definitely need to find that rainmaker to help us out. The Farmer's Almanac has come out with, looks like it's going to be a hot, hot summer, just to aspirate the problem even more. All we can do now is just, as we do here in Wyoming, we'll continue to talk about the weather and keep looking at that sky, waiting for one of those clouds to drop some rain on our state. In Wyoming political news, Governor Mark Gordon announced this week that he'll be running for re-election. No surprise there. I'm just curious how come it took him this long to make that announcement. Also in our congressional race, a rather quiet week as the campaign for everyone continues on. Also in national news, another interesting turn of events. President Barack Obama is back in the White House this week. has plans to be at the White House every week now. I think this is a ploy to try to boost up the dismal numbers of President Biden. He's at one of the lowest approval ratings in history, and I don't know where it's going to stop. Taking a look at Wyoming Energy, West Texas Intermediate Crude is trading today at $99.00 down about $3 from yesterday. And that's driven by the increased inventory numbers. Looks like we have a better build than was projected. Natural gas is at 629, so it is still staying strong. While our gasoline spot price is at 310. The rig count here in the US is up by three to 673. Coal prices have been strong. 
It's amazing that uh, everybody wrote coal off, but coal is up to $281 today, up $17 or 6.44%. Oil executives today are at the Capitol to testify in a hearing on price gouging and other items. Going to be rather interesting to see how that turns out. More on that next week. Also in wind generation news, press release from the Wyoming Public Service Commission, Rocky Mountain Power has applied for a certificate of public convenience and necessity to construct new wind turbines and update collector lines at existing Foot Creek two through four wind energy facility. This wind generation project was the first commercial project in Wyoming and is located in Carbon County, Wyoming. Taking a look at Wyoming agriculture with an anticipated widespread drought and wildfire losses experienced in 2021, the USDA says over 100,000 livestock producers can be expecting an estimated $670 million in assistance in the early days of April as the agency plans to send out the first phase of disaster payments under the new Emergency Livestock Relief Program. Farm Production and Conservation Deputy Undersecretary Gloria Montano Green says USDA hopes the relief can help producers manage the short grazing supplies and additional feed costs that they were dealt in 2021 as well into 2022. We are seeing the possibility of drought again occurring at the same level as this coming summer, says Green. USDA hopes this relief will be beneficial to producers as they are making their respective business plans and making decisions for their livestock. And finally today, the USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service reported on Monday about a worsening avian influenza crisis in the United States. They report more than 22.8 million birds have been put to death in the past two months because of the influenza. The disease is reported in 118 flocks, including 46 backyards and 72 commercial flocks in 24 states. Wyoming has had two cases reported this week in Johnson County. In other Wyoming news, YDOT, with a press release today, announced that Wyoming soon will receive National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure formula funds to use to facilitate electric vehicle infrastructure development, especially charging stations around the state. The funding is part of the Federal Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, also known as the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, signed by President Biden in November 2021. The Wyoming Department of Transportation is allocated $3.9 million this year and expects $5 million each year for the next four years for a total of $23.96 million for electric vehicle infrastructure over those five years. These stations will not only be powered by Wyoming Energy, but they will help facilitate tourism around the state, said Director Luke Reiner. We want drivers who choose electric vehicles to have safe and reliable ways to charge their vehicles as they drive in our state. This has been an interagency effort to maximize available resources for our residents and visitors. Wyoming's interstates have been designated as alternative fuel corridors 
under the program and they must have infrastructure installed first. Corridor infrastructure must adhere to guidelines set by the program for charger efficiency, location, and accessibility. Once the interstate corridors are complete, remaining funding can be spent along other key routes to popular destinations like Yellowstone National Park and Devil's Tower National Monument. No state funds will be used to build, maintain, or operate the charging infrastructure through the program. Instead, the the company who bids on the corridor will pay the required match amount to the federal funds. YDOT and other state officials have scheduled public meetings around the state in early April to gather public input as well as feedback from potential bidders and other interested parties. Each meeting is expected to have a virtual component so viewers can attend any meeting and see the proposed plan and make comments. If you're wanting more information on this, you can actually go to YDOT and key into there they have a lot of information available and it'll be rather interesting to see what type of turnout they have for possible contractors i don't know if there'll be any in-state contractors or how this will be handled it's going to be rather interesting to see what happens with this program i kind of question the electric vehicles i've looked at them i did look last night on the audi and Volkswagen as they came up on my Google search and it both manufacturers are showing a shortage of cars due to availability of materials. I did notice that the Audi, I did see one I did not call yet to find in Bozeman, but they showed one on the site for the Audi dealer in Bozeman, Montana, and that one went for $82,000. So a little bit outside my range, the Volkswagen, the ID4, which they introduced last year, you can build that. I could not find one available. You can build it, and they will contact you when it is available. One thing I did notice with the Volkswagen, the car weighed around 5,000 pounds and the battery weight a little over a thousand pounds. So I guess we're back to that question. What are we going to do with the batteries when we get done? What are we going to do to recycle these batteries? And also there's some questions right now on availability of, of the minerals to the lithium and other uh, minerals that we need to, to manufacture the battery. So still a lot of questions that need to be answered as we progress down this path. Today in our travel feature, we'll continue in the northwest region of Wyoming, featuring Thermopolis and the Wind River Canyon. Thermopolis is a small town that has a beautiful setting among the Red Hills in southern Hot Springs County and next to the Bighorn River. Thermopolis is home to the world's largest hot springs in the state park in the northeast part of the town. The park features two mineral pool facilities and a state bathhouse that is open year-round and the bathhouse is free to the public. The park also has a small herd of buffalo that stay year-round at the buffalo pastures northeast of the park. The Bighorn River that originates from Boyson Reservoir on the south end of the Wind River Canyon is considered a blue ribbon fly fishing destination home to great trout fishing. Also, the river has become a summer hotspot for a relaxing float trip from the wetting of the waters to the state park. Thermopolis is 80 miles south of Cody, Wyoming, and another popular destination. While you're in Thermopolis, head south of town and take in the Wind River Canyon. The canyon is 15 miles long and has some outstanding geological features. Don't be in a hurry as the canyon road is rather windy. The town has accommodations and eateries for everyone's taste. Plan on taking in Thermopolis, Wyoming this summer. You'll be glad you did. 
And finally today, Wyoming's first woman mayor, written by Tom Ray from the wyominghistory.org. Susan Wessler, Wyoming's first woman mayor, came to Dayton in 1890 and was first elected in 1912. Dayton, about 17 miles northwest of Sheridan, Wyoming, at the foot of the Bighorn Mountains, counted its population at somewhere between 200 and 300 people. Two days after the election, the Sheridan Daily Enterprise reported the vote at 31 to 22. The next day, the Sheridan Post tallied the margin at 34 to 21. Supporters in town had run a last-minute write-in campaign. Whistler defeated C.H. Ketchum, who had served as mayor since the town was incorporated and was running somewhat reluctantly, according to the Enterprise, for a fifth term. Men in town, the paper added, largely stayed home from the polls because of apathy or overconfidence, and local women now regret that they did not run a full ticket of candidates. She was well known in town, having operated a dry goods store and milliner shop in Dayton for several years before that having taught in the isolated country schools in the area. She was born in Minnesota in 1853, moved to Denver with her family when she was nine, eventually married there and came with her husband and their two children to Dayton in 1890. Dayton was then a stage stop on the old Bozeman Trail route to Montana and had two hotels, three general stores, four saloons, a bank, and a stucco factory and a flour mill. Whistler's husband died of tuberculosis in 1896. This was when Susan Whistler began teaching school. Eventually, she saved enough money to buy the Main Street storefront and house, a single building, in 1905. She was known as a competent and conservative businesswoman. After Susan Whistler was elected to a one-year mayoral term twice more before declining to run again in 1915. She continued to operate her dry goods and millinery business out of her store and house on 406 Main Street during her entire time as the mayor. The one-and-a-half-story building, built in 1885, has a false front and two large original store windows on either side of a doorway facing the street. The family lived upstairs in an addition behind the commercial space. The building is now on the National Register of Historical Places. In 1915, she joined her grown daughter, Bonnie Whistler Schrouder, on her daughter's ranch near Ashland, Montana. She spoke to the press for perhaps the last time in 1934 when she told a Sheridan Pest reporter, giving franchise to women in Wyoming was a very advanced movement. Although some thought it was a great joke, less than 50 years later it proved to be what the whole country demanded. By the rights given them, women have studied politics, gained public office, and proved themselves confident to fill any position entrusted to them. In 1935, she badly injured her legs in a fall and moved back to Dayton to a rest home. She died February 9, 1939. Wyoming's first woman mayor. A note on today's story, a Moliner is a women's hat maker. Susan Whistler definitely followed the code of the West as our state's first woman mayor. Thanks everyone for joining us today and we hope you enjoyed our show. As per the Code of the West, we ride for the brand, and we ride for Wyoming. Here at Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast. <laughs>